Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. So apparently, after we got engaged, he backtracked, went back to producers and set and started like pleading with them to take it out. Um, take what out? The engagement. And she was like, don't say at this point, she knows, like, I don't know what to do. And she's like, don't say anything that I told you, you know, we're going to just wait and see when he leaves. But we thought you knew and we thought you guys were breaking up because he was so insistent. He didn't want the engagement. to be. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, our pop culture roundup and recap episode. Today, I'm going to be recapping doing what I did last week, a top 10 list of the things, my thoughts about Vanderpump Rules. And in terms of Miami, I'm not going to be doing a full recap like I usually do. Time got away from me. You'll have to forgive me. We're all doing the best we can, okay? Um, Hey, it's Pisces season. Finally, finally. It's time of the year that I feel the most strong. My birthday is next Monday, the 27th. If you guys want to, you know, give me a a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because of that, that'd that'd be well appreciated, but we can move on. Um, But yeah, so before we get into those recaps, actually, before we get into the episode, I was on Ready to be Petty, Tori's podcast called Ready to be Petty. She has a Patreon and we talked about um, Ariana Grande her shadiest moments in pop culture. And it was a really fun conversation. I had a good time talking to Tori. And I really came out of it like even more pro Ariana Grande than I was before. She was making points, things that people tried to come for her about. I was like, "Eh, well, you know, sometimes we look at things with, you know, hindsight and we're like, well, maybe she had a point, you know, the donut licking. 
Well, points are made on that one. We, we can talk about it, or you can listen to it rather on uh, the Ready to Be Petty Patreon. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. Let's talk about this week. What happened? We're going to start off with a can I get a hell yeah, but you're going to have to walk with this. Walk me, walk with me through this, okay? Because it starts off real bad, but I think there was a silver lining to it and I loved it. So um, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, the can I get a hell yeah is going to none other than 3LW's Keely Williams. And then we're going to have to backtrack all the way to uh, explain why. (laughs) So if y'all are not chronically on Twitter as I am, you will not know that it had been announced that Chloe Bailey of Hallie and Chloe, you know, singer, protégés of Beyonce, uh, they, she, Chloe, um, is releasing a single. She, um, posted or tweeted a picture of the teaser of the music video. And we find out that the song is featuring none other than Chris Brown. Yeah, that one. Um, a lot of people had a lot of opinions as you can imagine. And here's one thing that I think we need to take away from this. Um, you're either with him or you're against him personally against. I just don't see it for that man. I just don't care. I don't feel like he's done anything. And he proved it in this instance to really show me that he's grown and changed as a man and a human being. And so therefore it is my choice and my opinion to not fuck with Chris Brown. With that being said, there are people on the other side of the aisle who will like love him down forever. And here's the thing. You have to protect your peace. I know that I'm not reaching across that aisle and making sense to anybody at this point in 2023. Like you either like him or you don't. And I to have a conversation trying to change any hearts and minds about him is pointless. It is a pointless venture. So a lot of people, you know, the people on my side of the aisle were like, girl, couldn't you have found anybody else to do the song with? Like, I'm not going to act like, oh, it's him. Hooray, hooray for you. No, not going to be me. I thought a lot of people felt like this was a very strange move on her end as somebody who is trying to establish herself as an independent or, you know, independent of her sister artist. It just seems like kind of a strange odd move especially for somebody who has the persona that chloe and hallie have like it's very sweet it would almost be like mandy moore (laughs) you know doing a song with chris brown like it just doesn't really make sense so the thing is chris caught wind of this backlash and he got upset and he had a lot of things to say to a lot of people and he basically was like oh i don't get it like this something that happened y'all are still crucifying me for something that happened when i was 17 he was 20 when the rihanna incident happened and you know y'all aren't gonna let me grow you guys never support me yada 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 blah 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 rah 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 right here's one thing like taking all of Chris's behavior out of this. And I think we should let the record reflect that this is not one isolated incident with Rihanna. This was a situation, Carucci, um, I believe her restraining order against him because of the abusive shit he was doing to her after 
Rihanna, uh, just expired. I think she had a five-year restraining order against him. He's said and done a lot of problematic things in the years after um, that incident. And so for me, it's just like, this is a consistent behavior. Okay, maybe he's not like actively hitting women, but he still seems like a pretty shit, shitty person. Anyway, um, okay, so he's been acting like, he's been reacting in a way, here's, okay, so yeah, here was the thing, taking all the things, all the abuse out of it, which you shouldn't, but I'm going to, I don't understand this wave of people who chastise people for not supporting them. What do you think the reaction is going to be? Like, I've noticed this happened with, like, Billy Eichner, excuse me, after um, Bros came out and he was like, you know, this is going to be the gay rom-com, excuse me, and, you know, this is going to be great. And I clearly, very clearly had high hopes the box office numbers did not uh, align with what he felt. And so he was like, basically, you know, I'm not quoting him verbatim, but the, the, a vibe was I made this thing for this marginalized group of people and you guys didn't support me. Why is that? And like, I don't get it. Same thing with Todrick and uh, the real uh, boy, what's this, what's that show called? The real gays of we have. What is it called? I don't know. Um, clearly I haven't watched it. But like after the what the premiere where twenty thousand people watched it, twenty thousand. Like really think about how like this was a show that was um aired right after the premiere of RuPaul's Drag Race, a juggernaut of a show that just moved back to basic cable. Like people were tuned in. And then you would think that they would keep their TVs on somebody. No, nobody. Everybody was like, uh, remote, 9 p.m. Thank you. 20,000. That is embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Anyway, um, he came out and was like, you guys, you know, we made this for you and you guys don't, you know, want to support us and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, first of all, Todrick, people just don't like you. Okay. Maybe, maybe it's just, maybe it's a you problem. Did we think about that? Do you think about all the people who talk cash about you all the time, about you scamming people, not paying people, not paying your dancers, being a colorist, being an asshole? Like, this is a consistent pattern of behavior for you. And now you are acting really confused as to why people don't want to support you. Very strange. You know people don't like you. Like, even on a regular day. (laughs) I have never, I have not seen a compliment towards Tantra Call since, like, he worked with Taylor Swift, how long ago was that? So what are you confused about? So my point is, like, I don't understand if people don't support you in the way that you feel like you should be supportive, why your reaction would be to, like, wag your finger at them and be like, I did this for you and you don't appreciate it. Do you think that people are going to, like, run to want to support you after that? After they feel like you've chastised them? I don't really understand. But anyway, let's get to Keely. Keely tweeted, let him come out with his own record. So genius, so captivating that it makes us all forget that he beats women. He can't, so he won't. So what does he do? He slowly creeps back into the mainstream by getting small nods for features on black women's merit. Black women who are more talented, more worthy, but give him the okay. I'm swatting the fucking air right now. Garbage. And then three puke emojis. Now, I will say that the only thing incorrect in her statement is the fact that, like, Chris Brown is consistently working. The man is on radio 
all the time. Anytime I turn on uh, any sort of black R&B hip hop station, if I'm like down in Atlanta and I'm driving in my mom's car and I can, you know, listen to the radio, you cannot like, <laughs> it's like he is on every damn station. If he's not, if it's not his song, he's the featured artist. Like, it's crazy that this man is like acting like he's not being supported when he is taking over the radio all over. I hear his music all the time, whether I want to or not. And I don't. (laughs) Let me just go back real quick and paint the picture of like what exactly Chris said. He said, I'm fucking 33. I'm tired of y'all running with this narrative. Um, you guys watch, uh, Blueface, this rapper and Krishan, you guys watch them beat the fuck out of each other in front of the world, but that's okay. That's entertainment. Y'all can suck my dick, uh, respectfully. And then he talks about how he has been canceled, but there are white artists who get to beat the fuck out of their women and um, they still get the support. Okay. Is that what you want? You want to be able to put your hands on women and still get support? Is it like, what? I like, if you guys don't know who Blueface and Krishan are, consider yourselves incredibly lucky, incredibly lucky. But if you do, I will just say the Blueface, uh, re- responded in his own kind who was like yo and this was fucked up but it wasn't wrong he said i do put my hands on my girlfriend but what i don't do is deny it and what i also don't do is act like um other people should like like i don't understand why people don't fuck with me (laughs) like at least he was like you act like you don't understand why people don't want to support you but at least i get it like, I don't sit here crying about other people. I don't sit here crying about how you're on the radio <laughs> and not me. <laughs> it was a twisted uh, justification. Like, I cannot believe that I had to agree with this man, even an ounce. So let me get back to the Keely Williams. Can I get a hell yeah of it all? Chris Brown responds, takes time out of his tour. The tour that he's on. Talking about not being supported. Um, That... He was like talking about her, her lisp and, and all this stuff, like just cracking these old jokes, promises, promises, like we get it. Okay. We've all said it. Okay. So then somebody tweeted, a cheetah girl really made Chris Brown pressed two crying emojis. And then she quote tweeted it. And this was truly iconic. She goes, and not even one of the famous ones. <laughs> oh, you said that about yourself. Okay. <laughs> At least, you know, like it, it is incredibly self-deprecating. I'm team Keely Williams for, for life now. She got me because that was a good one. <laughs> I got him. And I'm not even the famous one. It's not even Raven. Not even uh, Adrian Bailon. <laughs> even I'm third tier. I'm a flop and I got him. <laughs> so shout out to you, Keely. Hell yeah. Oh my God, you did that, sis. Anyway, let's move on to just quick bits of information. A quick update on the state of Megan Fox and MGK. It has been reported that since she deleted her uh, Instagram and all the pictures of him on that, on him, of him before that, that uh, they're they're in counseling. Apparently people have been spotting them in counseling. But the reason for the breakup, allegedly, is because Megan found some DMs and some text messages that made her think that this dude was moving foul. Now, like, you know, it's just like, we have to remind ourselves that you can't even be Beyonce, Shakira, Megan fucking Fox. 
Jennifer Aniston. Hell, even Angelina Jolie without somebody being a dickhead to you. Like, we're not safe here. That little, that little bitch, Gumby. Have you guys seen what Megan Fox and him? Bro. And I'm like pretty, you know, we shouldn't talk about looks. Like, everybody deserves everybody else. It doesn't matter how you look, but come on. <laughs> there has to be order. Order. You better, sir, better stay in line. Grateful. Grateful. Unbel- cheating on Megan Fox. Dog. Dog. No. Okay, our next topic. Did you guys watch the Caroline Calloway Vice documentary? I just did. And it was a waste of time. It's like 20 minutes and you can watch it. But to me, it just felt so sympathetic and so to Caroline and so absent of the reasons why people actually don't fuck with her that I don't really feel like it's worth the time because it's not really telling an honest story. Basically, it's her in her apartment. There's, like, pill bottles and books everywhere just strewn about. The cat, fortunately, the cat's still alive. We got eyes on Matisse, thank God. And it just, like, she does tell her story in a way that when you hear it like that, it really doesn't sound like that big of a deal. Like, she's basically just like, oh, you know, I started my Instagram when I was 20. I hired my friend to write the captions. Nobody followed me. I bought a bunch of bots. And then I got into Cambridge. And, um, you know, my life started being something that people were actually following on Instagram. And it became this thing. And I got this book deal. I got into drugs. Things got ahead of me. I moved to New York. Uh, you know, try to make ends meet. And then, you know, the Natalie, my friend who wrote the captions with me, comes out with this book. Oh, she, you know, does the scammer thing. Here's the thing. Like, for me, who's been on the Caroline Galloway train, um, embarrassingly so, I, for, you know, a lot of it, I've, you know, in the height of it, right? I, the scammer thing doesn't really do anything for me. I do believe she's correct in the fact that it was more of the timing of it all that she got lumped in with the, you know, Billy from Billy McFarland from Firefest, the Elizabeth Holmes, the, you know, those, that wave of summer of scanners, the Anna Delvey of it all. Um, and that she just happened to try to, open these workshops the same weekend that the two Firefest documentaries came out. And so it was really just a timing situation where I, you know, was she scamming people? Uh, scam would not be the word that I use. Like she did, she did these workshops in which she promised to teach people how to, I don't know. I, I don't know what the purpose was to be like some sort of freewheeling white woman in the West Village. I honestly don't know. I think there was something about salads and she was going to give people uh, flowers to put in their hair and take pictures of them. So you tell me what that is. I don't know. But I guess she like booked and sold all these tickets without a venue and things were just very haphazard and late and yada, yada, yada. For me, it's like all the things that happened afterwards. The fact that she still hasn't sold or uh, written this book. That she's been promising for two years now that she has sold pre-orders to. Um, It's the constant need for attention on Instagram. It's these, like, thirsty, uh, you know, trying to hang out with Julia Fox and, and, you know, those, like, New York 
people that she thought were cool. Nobody really gives a fuck about, honestly. <laughs> like, it's so embarrassing that this concept of Dime Square, for those of you who don't live in New York who have heard of it, that's embarrassing. It's embarrassing that you guys know about that. It's like, what? It's so weird. <laughs> and if you guys don't know what Dime Square is, it's like, God, how do I... Like, it's, uh, you know, 20 somethings who hang out on the Lower East Side and, like, try to hang out with Nicholas Braun from Succession. And, like, uh, you know, have some, like, weird politics. Like, Red Scare shit. Anyway, um, the documentary was stupid. I don't, you know, now that I'm talking about Dime Square, I don't even want to talk about Caroline Galloway anymore. <laughs> I just, like, no, I, I get me all pissed off. I don't care. I don't care. The point of it is, if... I think it just, it was very sympathetic to her. Definitely didn't paint the whole picture. It made people seem like she was just like, I was just a girl online and people got obsessed with me and things came out of control. Now there were some points that she did make. Apparently there was a user who in a Reddit, uh, a subreddit about her had over 200,000 posts all about Caroline. Now that is fucking weird. I, I will give you that girl, but I, I don't know. there are other things that she just like very much glosses over that I think she was very much a party to and responsible for and like doesn't want to seem to take any kind of ownership of it. I heard briefly that maybe she did this documentary with a friend of hers, which makes a lot of sense because I mean, we have to understand like <laughs> not many people are going to make a documentary that is not sympathetic to them when it's about them. So I do get that, but you know, I, I just really didn't care. Moving on. Um, oh, God. Before we get into these recaps, I have to take it back. I have to take it back. Last week, I talked about uh, the Love is Blind after the altar specials. <laughs> uh, special would not be the word that I would use for that. It was extremely boring. And I said something about the Raven and SK storyline felt very false to me. I did not believe it. It seemed... Ugh, just like weird and so raven did an interview uh the vile files that man from the bachelor i think um she did an interview with him and she dropped some bombshells of information that made a lot more sense as to what the hell was going on and the low down dirty little deeds of that man that man how did he do it? Capture the hearts and minds of all these Netflix users only to be a dirty little bee. Dirty, dirty little bee. Grimy demon. Let's get into a couple of the things that Raven said. First, she said, <clears throat> okay, I gotta backtrack. There have been cheating allegations. There are women on TikTok. I posted these videos of a woman on TikTok who had some very good receipts about her relationship with SK. Um, this was the second uh, allegation. And the first one, I think, was kind of poo-pooed by Raven or SK was managed to uh, gloss things over. But the second one was really hard to uh, deny. About that moment where this woman came out with the TikToks, she said that she was actually kicking it in her apartment with SK. All of a sudden... Both their phones start blowing up. Uh, who's this girl? She said that they watched the TikTok, the videos of that girl together. Can you imagine watching a video of a woman saying she is cheating with your dude? With your dude. I can't imagine. 
So my biggest issue was with the timing of all of it, the engagement, the breakup, the reunion, all of that, because it just wasn't making sense in my mind. So Raven did give us some insight on that. She says that they got engaged in September. They were filming after the altar, that engagement we saw happen in October, September. They filmed a reunion in October. I believe they were all in LA, blah, blah, blah. Um, what Raven doesn't know at the time is where SK went during this reunion. He went MIA. Nobody could find him for a long time. Where the hell, you know, where in the world is SK? And come to find out, uh, in November, she's having a conversation with a producer after all this shit comes out, after she's now broken up with SK again, um, The producer says, oh, um, hmm. I, when SK was gone at the reunion and nobody could find him, I was with him in a van or something because he was pleading with me to take out the engagement. And he was so adamant about the fact that he wanted that taken out. I thought you knew that you guys weren't together anymore and that maybe y'all were just faking it. So Raven says she didn't find that out until November. This is like a month later. They're getting engaged one month. He's begging people to take out the engagement uh, footage the next month. And then the following two months later, she's thinking she's in a whole perfectly fine relationship. Um, She finds out that like he's been talking and making people think that they had broken up. Um, So also during that day where he goes MIA, she says that he, they went back to their hotel after the reunion, getting this big fight probably the biggest fight of their lives he explains it away of saying he was upset of something that had to do with his mom she's like this is weird but he explained it raven also mentioned how sk would go away for long times uh long periods of time but also not really be totally honest she says that he invited her to europe on a european vacation she said she couldn't go um she had to work blah 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 She stays back in Texas. He goes on this European vacation and finds out that he actually went with another woman. There was also another time where he went on a vacation to Mexico, which that girl from TikTok posted the receipts of him buying her a ticket and all that. Um, She thought he was in school. He's been saying, oh, you know, I'm actively in school this whole time. So he was vacationing. She thinks he's still in California at school. She's like, he's calling me every day. Like, and she said in the life or the, after the altar special, you've never made me feel like you're too busy for me. You're always calling me. We're always in contact. Like I never feel like, you know, I'm missing out on you or anything like that. The man is a diabolical genius. Now here's what really fucked me up y'all. I think we all remember, a lot of us remember that in the very beginning of the season, you know, like when we're just getting to know the guys and the guys are in the pods talking about like, hey, bro, what do you look for in a woman? You know, like things that bros talk about. Um, and SK mentioned him liking the this process because, you know, gets you get to know people. And I don't know the way he said it. I felt like a few people at the time were like, Oh, this is his way to date white women (laughs) and them to fall in love with him without like seeing like him being, you know, who he presents to himself to be at first. 
interesting and a couple people picked up on that but then he gets into this relationship with raven and we're like okay well maybe not like he seems like a pretty solid dude so raven says that throughout their relationship now if you guys don't know what raven of love is blind it looks like google her google her google her this man had the nerve to say she says that he was very critical about her looks this woman is a yoga instructor baddie baddie okay she is so gorgeous like it is crazy like nobody on this planet could say that that woman is any kind of ugly she's a bad bitch okay baddie so raven says that he was very critical about her looks to the point where she kind of uh approached him and was like you know i kind of feel like you don't like me like this is kind of a lot and so she says eventually he admitted to not being attracted to her and if you look at the type of women that he was cheating on her with, well, it makes a lot of sense. He just doesn't like black women. And that fucking sucks. Like, why he would put anybody through this situation is beyond me. What was he hoping for? If you already had chicks waiting for you, thinking that you're in a relationship with them, why would you go on the show? I don't understand. I can't make sense of what his end game was. Because, okay, you knew that you weren't attracted to this woman. You clearly knew it wasn't going to work because you said no to her at the wedding the first time. Why didn't you just let her go? Why did you not just let her go? That is wild. To, why? Hit your ride to somebody you're not even attracted to. Like, you know? <laughs> like, if you're not even going to get any sort of benefit outside of that, it's not like she's a billionaire. You know, this isn't like a Jeff Bezos situation. Like, it just doesn't make sense. If you're not even attracted to her, then what's the point? You're wasting your own time. <sighs> but anyway, I wish Raven the best. And, you know, I take it back. I, that's He's running real foul on these streets. And, you know, the clown came back to bite. This is what happens when you do clownery, SK. And we're happy to see it. I'm happy to see that he is getting what he rightfully deserves. Um, if you're asking the question of am I watching that... Uh, love island but bachelor in paradise but netflix no i'm not but what i did hear is that uh people do not like bartice and they don't like uh who's the big teeth one with the eyes the blonde one from chicago you know what i mean um so maybe for that purpose of people actively clowning them i would like to see um because i saw comments like how would anybody want to be with Bartice? He's disgusting. And considering the other people that I saw on the show, I would just really like to see how that all played out. Um, so anyway, yeah, let's move on to our Vanderpump rules and Real Housewives of Miami. Hi, I lied, you guys, but it wasn't my fault. One, there's a bit of breaking news from Megan Fox. And two, I forgot to talk about one thing. So let's talk about Megan Fox because uh, in the time since I have recorded the first segment she came on to instagram to basically tell everybody to leave her the fuck alone so she has one post on her instagram as of now and it says there's been no third party interference in this relationship of any kind that includes but is not limited to actual humans dms ai bots or succubus demons while I do hate to rob you of running random baseless news stories that would have much more accurately written by chat GPT, you need to let the story die and leave all these innocent people alone now. Prayer hands emoji, purple hat emoji. Um, okay. 
Okay. I mean, there were rumors that maybe his bandmate Sophie was the woman behind the split or she was one of them. Um, I guess she's saying that's not fair, not true. Stop talking about it. But what had happened, girl? What happened? He, he didn't cheat on you, but what, what happened? What was it then? And like, I would actually be on her side if she had not deleted all of his pictures off Instagram, posted selfies of herself with lyrics from Lemonade. You know, you kind of roped us in with that one. You you set out the lemonade and I, dr- I took a sip. So you can't tell us to spit it out now. Seems a little unfair. Okay, and before I'm done for real, I wanted to uh, reintroduce you guys to my segment called Duh Bitch, which if you don't know, I'll just let you guys know. Um, here's how it goes. I will introduce a segment called Dub Bitch, which I just did, and then I'll read you a headline or an excerpt, and then I will just sit there for three seconds because Dub Bitch. Okay, you ready? Ready. Let's go. Okay. Um, in November, former Real Housewife of uh, Atlanta and former a star <clears throat> of Don't Be Tardy, uh, Kim Zolciak Beerman, took to Twitter or Instagram or something and said, you guys are all haters. The rumors that my house is going up for foreclosure are untrue. I will stay in this house as long as I fucking please. And I will be here through the holidays. I'll be here through my birthday in May. And you guys can get used to the view because I'm going to be here for a long time. Um, so Kim and Croy's Alpharetta Mansion is now up for public auction. It will be going up uh, because of floor foreclosure March 7th. Okay, well, let's move on to our recaps. Bye. But I mean, if you're totally honest, you must have known there was something going on. Think back. Think back? Right. Do you think that for the last nine months, I have not been spiraling, I, looking yes, back, I know going you like, have. how the I, did you not see it? Don't well, you think I, I know, did that but day? right at the beginning, right at the beginning. Lisa, don't you think I wish that I would have taken a moment and thought, this is weird. I've never seen his house. Didn't your mother say to you, how does he live? How, how is he with his kids? What about all those? All right, y'all. Let's get into the top 10 thoughts that I had on episode two of Vanderpump Rules. I think I'm kind of loving this format. I don't know if I need to do a full recap, but we'll see. We'll see how I feel. We'll see if we have guests on in the near future. Um, We'll just see how it all shakes up, right? Let's get into number one. Basically, the whole theme of the episode is leading up to Schwartz and Sandy's not opening. We're still not open, but Daily Mail's coming to take some pictures and do promo for uh, if and when we eventually do open. So, you know, big stakes, right? Uh, We start off at Shorts and Sandys are getting shit together. Uh, Sandoval's got his Trapper Keeper, the Galaxy-themed Trapper Keeper, just to keep the notes down. And they're going to be interviewing staff. At this point, it became clear to me that I've unlocked a new dislike in the reality TV uh, trope activity realm. The interview, we don't need to see it. Because we never, like, rarely see these people ever again. And it's kind of like old-school... American Idol, the first few episodes where you have your William Hungs and your like Mary Berry or whatever her name is. I know that's the lady from British Bake Off. Don't at me. Um, whoever the lady is, or they're just the joke people. So we have this montage of like people who are, you know, there's like always one who's super well qualified. They're like, oh yeah, we'll get her. And then there's people just from central casting who are 
coming into play, a person who hasn't updated their resume, guy who doesn't know what he's doing, girl who's clueless, you know, and what do we need that for? When it, so actually, maybe I should switch number one to my frustrations with Greg. Do we want to talk about that? The bar owner that is in business with the Toms. I didn't like him. I don't like him. He seems very L.A. douchebag, like Los Feliz, Silver Lake douchebag who pretends he's liberal, but then, you know, doesn't want to rezone his school district to let, you know, the children of color in or something like that. And uh, he's got like weird issues with the unhousing situation. He just seems like a douchebag. He like the big hats. I don't like it. But here's what really got me. He, at the end of the episode, goes over to Lisa and they film the scene and he just like lets the chopper spray on both Toms. And I have to take up for them because I feel like he's telling Lisa, oh, you know, time is money. It costs a thousand dollars a day to keep this business open and we're not actually doing business yet. They're costing me a bunch of money. I knew that they would be inexperienced, but I didn't think it would be this bad and blah, blah, blah. They're assholes. <laughs> like he didn't call them that, but basically he's like talking shit about how bad they are at business. But here's my thing, bro. Um, aren't you Mr. Businessman? Aren't you Mr. Monopoly here? Why don't you uh, vet the people that you go into business with better? Because uh, we could all see like, no shade, but these are two reality stars. They've been in reality for years. They had one restaurant with the person who actually is in business with uh, restaurant people. So I don't really uh, <clears throat> feel like it's cool to talk shit about them for not being experienced. You're the one who chose to go into business with them. You're the one who should have known better, right? Like, it's not their fault. It's your fault for uh, going into business with people who aren't actually business people. I'm kind of glad that LVP didn't totally take the bait. She couldn't break the fourth wall, but she was like, yo, I think maybe there was a miscommunication between you guys, but we signed them on because they were really good at social media and their big social media presence, wink, wink. And they're really good with people, wink, wink. And so that's why we use them. That's why they became an asset to us. So I don't know you, I don't know, go, go the fuck on Shark Tank if you want to deal with real business people. Shut up. Like, bro, uh, we all watched the episode where Tom Schwartz uh, couldn't even manage to fix one drink on his uh, audition shift at, like, Sir or wherever the hell he was. He had a fucking panic attack and left when somebody ordered a glass of wine. <laughs> so whose fault is that, you know? Anyway, moving on to number two, uh, when Peter and Raquel go on their date, I am begging... Peter to find an ounce of swag or charisma before he gets on our televisions and goes on a date again. I can't take it. Two episodes and I'm already out. I have no room for secondhand embarrassment. I cannot take this man. I can't. I cannot take him being like, oh, do you like my shirt? Because uh, you said it, the date was going to be casual, but, you know, I just wanted to find like a happy medium between casual and dressy because, you know, because we're on a date. <sighs> <sighs> I can't date anybody. <laughs> Every time I watch Peter on TV, I'm like, how the fuck am I going to go on a date with anybody again? I can't do it. I, I refuse. For this? No. <laughs> like, y'all know me historically. I'm like, leave that man if you want to. Leave him in a heartbeat. But if your plan, why does this kept? If your plan is to find another man, you might just want to work with what you got, girl. Because, listen, it's hell out here. Not going to lie. It's hell. 
and like quiet as it's kept, I don't care how psycho this makes me sound. I'm at the point, I'm like knocking on 27 sword, uh, 27, whoo, 37's door. And I'm at the point where like, if I'm allowing you to speak to me and I get to the point where I feel like this is a permanent thing, you better put a ring on it or leave me the fuck alone. Cause I'm not breaking up with anybody. Okay. I'm not, I'm not done. I'm done with breaking up with people. I'm not doing it. So you're going to stay on this ride with me forever or leave me alone. <laughs> Anyway, if anybody's looking for a stepmother, holler at your girl. You can email me at everyone's business but mine. Send me a picture of your daddy's. Anyway, um, so basically, the date goes downhill. If you thought the shirt conversation was bad, it, it goes from worse to worser, okay? Because uh, Peter asks uh, Raquel how things went with her, uh, I was going to say recital, with her pageant. And you know what? Not well, bitch. Not well. She placed top 15, wasn't happy with that. But the reason why she's really feeling some type of way is because it was her last pageant. Due to our last presidential administration, the man in charge, or whatever you want to call it, whatever he was doing, apparently very busy. In, in the midst of all the other stuff, <laughs> apparently he had time to enact some sort of uh, rule in which a woman peaks at 27 in the pageant world. So you cannot compete after that. That was her last pageant. And she tells Peter, you know, I kind of went into a depression after that. And he looks at her and he says, are you still in the depression? You are, aren't you? Tears. Immediately tears. And I get it. I totally understood what she was saying. She's saying, I'm in a place where a lot of things that I thought were like a part of my life and my identity are now over. Maybe it seems silly to be crying over a uh, pageant at 27 years old. But at the end of the day, there's just like a lot of big changes happening in her life. She broke up with this dude that she thought she was going to marry. We also find out that he had been bankrolling her life for the last five years. So she really hadn't. Uh, had to be financially solvent for herself. And that's a big change. She's watching her friends go off and do shit and they all have American express cards and she doesn't. And you know, it's just a lot. She's just out here in the world with Graham and a prayer. And you know, it was a lot of pressure on her. Now, listen, I rarely, if ever, uh, clearly from my last rant about dating, feel sympathy for men, but I have to, uh, sadly chuckle at Peter having to comfort this woman as she's saying, I just want to be single and free. (laughs) Oh, okay. Woo, woo, woo. Okay, baby. I get it. I get it, girl. (laughs) I get it. Officially, officially been friend zoned. Raquel also says in a confessional that after seeing James and Allie make out all all over the Hotel Ziggy answer that she's kind of like, do I want that old thing back? You know, the classic doesn't matter how long the separation's been. When you see or you find out that your ex has found somebody and they're really happy with them, it's just kind of a, you know, just a doesn't feel great. Doesn't feel great. So uh, she says, I don't think Peter's my type, but, um, you know, they say that your taste buds change every five years. So maybe my taste in men has to, um, it has not. We'll talk about that in a second. Anyway, um, number three, Katie and Lala, they go get spray tans for the soft launch or the daily mail party. And 
you know, even though Katie and Tom were both talking last week about how they're going to be he and the Courtney and Scott of uh, people who should have never been together in the first place and that they were going to be great best friends, best exes ever. Now she's feeling annoyed. She's feeling annoyed. Um, and Lala's like, listen, she starts off by saying, oh, it's probably pretty good for you to go into that bar and not have any resentment over him or the bar. And Katie's like, uh, no, actually I'm kind of still dealing with the residual stuff. I'm having to pick up the slack for Tom. I'm having to watch the dogs cause he's got to do stuff with the bar. And I just don't want to have to tie up his loose ends. Lala gives her some good information, good advice. You don't owe him anything. You guys are not partners. You need to let that know, let him know. And that's it. You guys aren't in a partnership anymore. So then Lala starts to talk about her relationship with Schwartz and the talk that they had. And basically she's over it. She doesn't think she has a soft spot for Schwartz anymore. She is, she doesn't have time for anything. Now I'm not sure if she was trying to say that she relapsed, but she says to Katie, she reached out to her sponsor after the whole Randall stuff and things were rough. And basically she wanted to feel safe again. And so the best she can do right now is love on that baby and be sober. Try not to drink. She doesn't have time for anything else. She doesn't have time for shorts and, you know, him putting his mouth over his uh, hand over his mouth and gee golly goshing his way into whatever the hell he's. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Now, she's been crying this whole time. So tension is broken by Katie, who starts to laugh at her because Lala, who just got her spray tan done, her face is now streaked with tears. And <laughs> shout out to the cameraman who just <laughs> just zoomed right in, just zoomed right in on that tear. Like, like the anti-Lauren Conrad, just a streak of white. 
down the face. And I loved it. Number four is really just an aside that I liked Ariana's pink confessional dress. And oh, welcome. Welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome. Welcome me, welcome you. Um, I've been saying for a couple of years now to booze and hisses that uh, Tom Sandoval in this like 70s sleeve mustache look is hot. And nobody wanted to listen to me. But then all of a sudden, here comes the cavalcade being like, oh, I think Sandoval's really hot. He looks so good now. And I'm thinking, bitch, y'all weren't with me shooting at the gym, but okay, welcome. He is hot. Thank you. Number five, Lisa has her first required scene per episode. Ooh, I'm like hesitating to talk about this scene. I really am. Lala comes over. They have this uh, sit down for tea where they're pretending like they're friends or something like, please. <laughs> LVP couldn't even be bothered to bring out the rosé. Not even her own brand of rosé. You get an old cup from the mug, not even a fancy one. Something with cats on it. And and some Publix milk or whatever they have. It. Ralph's milk. <laughs> and you better be happy. Be happy with it, girl. So, you know, Lawler, how are you? How are you doing? Obviously, Lalo came into this situation thinking that she was going to be getting a sympathetic scene partner in Lisa. Uh, no. Nope. Didn't happen. Did not happen. Um, so LVP is like, okay, if you're really going to be honest, Lala, and think about it, you must have known something was going on with Randall. So Lala's like, okay, do you not think that I've been looking back for these past nine months and spiraling, wondering how the fuck did I not see it? So Lisa has, she does this thing that I notice she does on Housewives is when she wants to control everything. Like we know that she wants to control every situation. She wants to be the mother hand who's saying everything right and getting to the point and everybody's just crumbling at her feet. And they're like, Oh, Lisa, you're so right. How could I have done this? Um, so when she doesn't get that, and when somebody even a little bit disagrees with her or doesn't give her what she thinks she deserves, she'll touch them like she did. I noticed she grabbed Lala's wrist and was like, no, 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 darling. Like, listen, like, really listen. Even right at the beginning, did you not see anything? So Lala starts talking about how she was 25. She met somebody who she thought was head over heels in love with her. And she would see him FaceTime with the kids. And she just didn't think anything. She thought everything was above board. So then Lala says... I know what the outside thinks of me. And then we see, you know, uh, who calls her a slut? Jax. Oh, why don't you go suck some dick for another Range Rover? Um, I'm calling you a whore because you are one. Katie Maloney. Um, Tom last episode being like, I, why is she surprised about him having a casting couch when that's how she met him? And this is where I have to like insert my opinion. Okay. And this is difficult because y'all know I'm like very believe women, very pro. Do I think that Lala is a victim in this? Absolutely. Especially when she has a child in here that she's going to have to care for and explain her daddy and how her daddy ain't shit. Okay. That sucks. That's a shitty situation to put yourself in. However, we cannot negate that there is hard evidence and has been for years of to the uh, 
odd nature of her relationship with Randall from the NDAs, uh, how protective she was of him in the beginning for very obvious reasons. And just like, you know, the things that she said, we can't just ignore them. And so here's what I want to say. And I hope you guys aren't mad at me (laughs) that I think, um, in my opinion, Lala wants to be a black and white uh, uh, quote unquote perfect victim and this is a an imperfect situation okay it's not doesn't mean that I don't feel empathy for her it doesn't mean that I think this is a shitty situation it just means that like I have seen things and I, I don't understand why she is so confused and why she's I can understand why she's defensive about it because to say I saw things or I ignored things is to take ownership and she doesn't feel like she should have to take ownership over his shitty behavior because, and that's true. That that is true. But it's also, she can't say like, I knew nothing because you did, (laughs) you did know things. You did know that he was married. And then this leads us to number six, where she tells this Arizona story. I'm a little bit confused about this or what she was. I mean, I'm not confused about what she said. I'm just confused about this person. So she tells Lisa, you know, all these people said shit about me. I didn't think that you would feel that way about me too. But Lisa says, no, I like, I love you. I I want you to know, like I'm coming from a loving place. Um, I'm just trying to say that maybe there were some mistakes that have been made along the way. And maybe things got cut up. You're young. You're drinking. Um, but, you know, I want you to know that I do love you. Um, and then she says, you know, I think that Lala was maybe blind to what was going on because she tried to persuade herself that it was what she wanted it to be, that he was what she wanted him to be. But life isn't like that. And if somebody's waving a red flag at you, they're doing you a favor. And I would also like to say that people give are giving, I'm seeing Lala way more, um, not of a past, but like way more grace about this than they do like Ashley Darby for having an equally shitty partner and husband that we've all seen evidence to. And everybody says, Ashley, why didn't you see this? The writing's on the wall. I don't feel like people are giving Ashley Darby empathy at all, but a lot is going toward Lala. And I do think that's something that we need to think about. All right, let's get to this Arizona story. So the way Lala tells it, in the beginning of her relationship, she did see a bunch of red flags regarding Randall and his relationship with his wife, who she thought was his ex-wife or estranged wife at the time. So she's getting all hot in the panties and is like, Randall, what the hell's going on? They fly to Arizona. She meets up with this woman who says, don't worry about a thing. He is being honest with you. I've spoken to his ex. She just will not accept the fact that he has repeatedly told her this relationship is over. You know, he's not manipulating you. Everything's fine. So she then is like, great. I believe him from there on out. (laughs) I guess I decided to let things go. She says, Cut to years later, she's talking to Amber, the ex-wife, and Amber tells her, oh, that lady who told you this is also the same lady who was our counselor when we were going through our ups and downs in our relationship. So is this like, was she suggesting that this is just a hired woman? Like a fake woman? 
that's just like doing his bidding with regard to every woman to like make sure that he's able to cheat in peace like what's is this an actual licensed professional (laughs) or is this like and why why arizona you know why are you flying to arizona to have this lady tell you oh it's okay did that seem weird i don't know (laughs) what i i need more about the story so then lvp says that she has not spoken to randall since pandora like the day pandora had her baby he was calling trying to come over and talk about Aunt lala trying to get their relationship back together so for the timeline's sake this was uh pandora had her kid november 2021 the la times article came out june 2022 um i'm not sure we're in the mix there uh lala and randall broke up but lala says i don't know why he was trying to come over to your house because he had that girlfriend since I gave birth to Ocean in March of 2021. So he also moved her in two days after I moved out of the house. So I'm not really sure what performative bullshit he was trying to do with you. Um, She also said in a confessional, not in confessional, in Watch What Happens Live, that he's like engaged to this chick now. (laughs) Andy said, wow, he really caught him. She really caught him on a downturn. I'm like, amen. (laughs) Okay, moving on to number seven. I want to get these done real quick. Sheena and Ariana come over to Raquel's new really cute studio apartment. Sheena says, tell me about how your date with Peter went. And Raquel goes, well, I cried. (laughs) Sheena's like, oh, my God. So basically, uh, Ariana comes over uh, and we find out that Raquel's just been making out with Peter. She does not remember these times, but um, she is not going to be doing that again. She's not feeling any type of way about Peter because when she's sober, she doesn't want to make out with him. And they all agree. Well, that's basically all you need to know. You got to end it with him. Also, we find out that her dog Graham is sick, the dog that she shares with James. So they're like, oh, are you going to tell James about it. She's like, no, I'm working on boundaries. And in a confessional, Raquel says that she's trying to learn to set boundaries because she just found out what boundaries were. Tom Sandoval told her, you need to set some boundaries. And she says, what is a boundary? And then she learned. And so now she's going to be implementing that into her life. God bless her. (laughs) I don't know a better woman. Okay, number eight. James and Allie go to, uh, you know, a quick cute dinner, as James puts it, before they, uh, James goes to DJ at Schwartz and Sandy's. So, he is projecting. Projectile Kennedy. I loved it. DJ projection. Allie, somehow he found out about the dog being sick. And then he found out that, like, you know, Raquel had been setting her boundaries. He claims that once they went Instagram official, he and Allie, that she, you know, once I posted you on the gram, she gave up gram. She gave, she revoked access to him. Then he's like, you know, I don't really care. Like, I was pissed off about Peter, but like, I'm fine. Like, I really don't care about that now. And like, you know, I just don't want to shit custody of the dog and like come over there and like be like, oh, how's Peter? How's his dick? Like, I don't really don't do that, you know? Like, you know, but I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, I love you, babe. I really love you. Like, I'm going to shout it from the rooftops how much I love you. She's like, please don't. <laughs> so then Allie says in a confessional. So the first time uh, Jape said, I love you, she was like, uh, that's quick. And I just really wanted to make sure that he knew what he was saying. And probably because he was wasted, zooted 
on God knows what. Um, it probably things that make you tell people that you love them way too soon. Uh, that's probably what it is. Allie, James and Molly. Anyway, um, then the grossest thing happens. I, I'm so turned off by heterosexuality. I hate <laughs> so annoyed that I have to be look at my own people in disgust Ugh. so she orders this burger and it had like spinach or something and he's trying to have a sexy lady in the tramp spaghetti sharing moment he's like oh you look so good babe like give me that Ugh. And she had like half a limp leaf of, sp- of spinach coming out of her mouth he's like oh let me take it and then just slowly that limp little piece of <laughs> yuck yuck free me free me all right number nine we're finally at the daily mail party james tells lisa that peter and raquel are dating which she knew nothing about meanwhile on the other side of the room sheena's telling raquel girl finish your drink and go break up with this man you don't want him nut up and do it right so before she could do that lisa goes over to peter and was like um it's not 2012 anymore. You can't shag your employees. <laughs> and then in a confessional, she tries to clean it up being, being like, you know, we're in a different age now and we've progressed and, and the Me Too movement. And like, we just can't do that anymore. <laughs> really? You're just like, stop fucking her. Okay. You can't do that. Get, get out of here, kid. Um, stop dipping your ink in the company. Well, but anyway, so now he's like, okay, just sitting there. Literally 74 seconds later, Raquel goes over and is like, you know, I just think that we're better as friends. You know, I just don't think we should do that. And he's like, are you good? And he's like, yeah, I think that's a great idea. I agree. <laughs> so Then in a confessional, Raquel's like, I thought he liked me a lot more than this. And now I'm kind of pissed off. <laughs> now I feel upset because... What's this about? And then she tells Peter, you know, I really do appreciate you. You've always been a shoulder to cry on and you always consolidate me. You console me? Console is the word? Okay. You always console me. And I, But I have to set a boundary. Okay. <laughs> anyway, number 10. Okay. So Sheena invites uh, Schwartz to come on Shenanigans, her podcast, to tell his side of the... Uh, divorce story did you guys hear what he's like she's like yeah you know i've been through a divorce we could talk about your experience he goes oh yeah i forgot about that (laughs) where is shay where is shay so before she can get the podcast invitation out he's like oh no sheena what are you gonna say so then he has to explain oh i like freaked out because i thought you were gonna say that you were setting me up with somebody and this man has a nerve uh, maybe this is just because of what I know and I will not be sharing, but, but I mean, read between the very, very wide lines here. This man had the nerve to be like, oh, I can't imagine dating somebody else. It would feel like cheating on Katie. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, that seems like uh, more motivation for you, frankly, given what we know. Seems like you'd want to hop on that feeling. Seems like you fucking loved it. Granted how often it happened. Anyway. Anyway, the episode ends with Katie and Tom in a booth together and they're looking around. He's kind of asking for her opinion and her approval about it. And she's like, well, it almost broke you. It did break us. So was it worth it? 
And then, oh, oh, Bubba, don't say that. I mean, oh, gosh, I don't want to answer that. But, you know, I just don't want you to ever think that I chose this place over you because I didn't. <laughs> like, okay, maybe not this place, but everything else. <laughs> like, everything else. Like, we watch a show, bro. We watch the show. Now, Katie says, I feel like you chose a lot over me. You never made me feel like... You never took my argument. You were never on my side, even when I was on your side. And I just feel like you chose a lot over me, not just this place. You chose, you took my side in every argument. It's just like, I felt like you didn't like me. So in a confessional, Katie says that this bar is like the other woman. And here she is standing inside of her. The sad part is if like, it was just the restaurant that broke him up, uh, that would be maybe a lot easier to accept than all the other reasons. You know, I feel like we're putting a lot of weight on this bar and not like the other 10 years of this relationship that we've seen. And then Schwartz says the thing that pisses me off to no end that he, I'm trying not to beat myself up too much <laughs> and I'm trying to move forward. Okay. Well, hooray for you, bitch. Like what do you, <laughs> Okay, how great. How I'm so happy for you, person who hurt me, that you've been able to move on and not beat yourself up too much over it. Say, great. I'm so happy for you. And then this little bitch has the nerve to start crying in a confessional about how he watched The Notebook. Like, crying. He watched The Notebook, the scene where it's raining and Gosling, as he calls him, um, is telling Allie, oh, you know, I never gave up on us or whatever. I fought for you and it's never been over between us. And he's like, you know, maybe I should have fought for Katie a little bit more, but you know, it probably just been prolonging the pain and, you know, making Katie suffer and detracting from her happiness and, you know, all that stuff. So that was basically where the episode ended. You got the nerve to say, I'm trying not to beat myself up over it. You little bitch. You little bitch. I would have poured one of those mini chocolate things right over him and melted, melted that chocolate right into that. <laughs> I would have put some, mel some melted shot glass in my hand, get it good and sweaty and just like smash it right into that. that one of those leopard print banquettes. Yeah. Why don't you feel bad about that? You little bitch. <laughs> Why'd you try not to work yourself up over that? Ugh. Fuck him. Anyway, let's move on. Out of your energy. I never start. I never initiate conflict. It's not my thing. You guys rent your house every weekend to pay your mortgage. Someone is telling me, oh, I saw Julia at the Four Seasons and she was making out with a man. I heard you hooked up with every doctor in the hospital. But like, Adrian always wants to stir the pot. All right, guys, let's uh, end this I'm going to talk about Miami in the same way that I talked about Vanderpump Rules. I'm going to share my top 10 thoughts from the episode. Another incredible episode. But my thing is, how the hell are we supposed to end this season? It does not add up to me because we know, like, Housewives formula, throughout the season, they go on their domestic trip and then the international trip. And then after the international trip, we're pretty much uh, wrapping up the season. But how the hell, after this episode, are we going to cleanly wrap this up in, like, two more? I how we do it I, we're so blessed we're so blessed but let's get into it 
Starting with number one, we got to talk about Lenny. Just get him out of the way. Um, do I need to talk about, do we need to go into Lenny's corner again to talk about what he said to his BFF page six this week? Um, what did he say? I'm not even going to pull it up. He said something like, uh, Lisa's spending too much money. He feels like Lisa's spending too much money. Maybe on the attorneys, maybe on her life in general. Whatever. Okay. Whatever. But anyway, Lisa says in the uh, on the show that she is trying other modes of communication with Lenny and she is not really understanding why he's telling his BFF page six at this point that she was out too much never home and so he had to leave her for a 26 year old she's just not really seeing the connection so she says she decided to write or send Lenny an email but womp womp uh she says I don't think he read it and in fact I think he deleted it so egg on my face Moving on. I don't want to talk about that man anymore. <laughs> but now, okay, so now we know last episode, I'm here, guys, party's here. Marisol's on the trip now. She says that she had a false COVID positive with her test and she's back. Adriana's like partially annoyed that Marisol's here, but you know, we're going to take advantage of the situation. So now Adriana has both Marisol and Alexia to talk once again about how she feels like they've drifted apart and they left Adriana behind. She's upset that she didn't get an invite to Alexia's birthday party last year. And Marisol's like, yeah, I just think we're not as close as we used to be. No big deal. But then Adriana goes back to why didn't you guys support me when I was divorcing Frederick, Frederick, right? You guys didn't say anything. You were in the wedding, you were bridesmaids and yet nothing, nothing when we got divorced. So Adriana says, listen, I know you guys know, you guys get calls. Everybody talks about everybody else in Miami. You must've heard I was getting that divorce. Neither of y'all reached out to me. So Alexia tries to say, oh, I didn't hear that. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know. But then Marisol next to her is like, oh, yeah, whatever. So Alexia has to shift gears real quickly to just say, I was busy. I just had a lot of things going on. So Adriana was like, you were too busy to be my bridesmaid, but you're not. Okay, interesting. Now, this is where Adriana could just have left it at that. and Like, make your points and go, Okay apologize get it over with right then we have to make it about all this drama (laughs) and this is where i have to hop off the uss adriana like girl she starts talking about how she's got high blood pressure or high cholesterol which uh makes her more prone to stroke and she has to stay alive for her mama and her cholesterol's at 250 right now (laughs) but here's what cracks me up alexia and marissa are like it's really that high like adriana that's crazy but in a confessional, Alexia goes, bro, like, I don't get it. We're on this beautiful trip and Alexia, Larsa's got her body in the pool and you're sitting here talking about cholesterol. Do you see why guys don't want to go out with you? Like, who's going to want to go out with that? <laughs> oh, my word. Every time Alexia calls somebody bro, an angel gets Versace, probably. Um, but yeah, like, they're totally over Adriana, there's all this drama. They don't care. They don't care. So Adriana says in a confessional, excuse me, Marisol says in a confessional, pouring herself a a healthy pour, a healthy, generous helping of vodka, that if Adriana wants to pick on them, then that's fine. 
she can give herself a stroke. Oh my God. <laughs> These women. I need a separation. Imagine Alexia and uh, Marisol are those two kids in class that cannot be together. Like every morning, you know, it's five minutes into school and the teacher's like, girls, go to the opposite end of the room. I cannot deal with you today. I'm not going to do it. And they never pay attention. They're always still looking at each other from across the room and giggling and like saying that they have to go to the bathroom at the same time. Like this is the energy that Alexia and Marisol give. And I could see why that's annoying to Adriana. But like, let's leave your blood pressure or whatever the fuck out of it. Your lipid levels, they don't care. That is not what's going to do them. Then Adriana, for whatever the fuck reason, decides to drop this bomb that uh, one of Marisol's exes, I'm assuming the one that she married on the mountain in season one, um, approached her after they broke up and tried to hit her up tried to take her out to dinner or something and adriana was such a good friend to marisol in that moment even though this happened years ago and she never said anything until now that she was like i cannot we can't do this i she's my friend now it doesn't really sound like you didn't want to do it It just sounds like you felt like morally you couldn't which i think is a difference So everybody's trying to figure out how did this man hit you up in the first place? Did he have your number? Like what's going on? She's like, oh no, we met on an app. Now I have not been on the apps in five years at least, but my understanding is that there has to be some sort of matching happening for you guys to communicate with each other. And I think that seems to be a pretty hard and fast rule across every dating app. Uh, Y'all can tell me if I'm wrong, but I mean, she, the timeline is meeting up to when I was on the app. So uh, the math ain't math in Adriana. Why did, how did you match with him in the first place to get to talk to him? That was a bad excuse. And somebody said, girl, I think it was Kiki or, or I think it was Kiki. He was like, girl, you shouldn't have said, or no, it was Gertie. I'm sorry. Gertie said, why would you admit that you just made the whole situation worse? You're trying to look at a, like a good friend, but you actually look like a really bad friend. <laughs> so uh, maybe let's be quiet, Adriana. Marisol starts off saying she doesn't really care that, you know, it's not like that man hasn't given it up to all of Miami at this point anyway. He's basically like an old tired lollipop. (laughs) But later, she seems very hurt by the situation and says, oh, because Adriana also said that when she spoke to this dude, she was like, oh, you guys are in love. And he said, I never loved Marisol. So later, Marisol is like pretty upset She says, I know that man loved me and I just like, I don't understand why she would feel the need to bring this up now. It was a very tumultuous relationship that ended very badly. I was down to a stick. Like I weighed nothing. I lost a bunch of weight and it was just like, I I don't even know why she would have brought that stuff up. Number three goes to Larsa. Girl, girl, she goes all the way. With her little Hermes flip-flops into Nicole's suite to tell her, you know, I just had a revelation about, wait for this, about Alexia getting picked on? Huh? (laughs) But anyway, she says that this revelation uh, led her to reflect on her relationship with Nicole and how, like, silly it is that they're basically just fighting and they're just like... There's really no reason for us to not like each other. So let's just call it, right? And then she says, listen, 
I said things, you said things, Nicole, I said things, I should not have repeated that rumor, I'm sorry, and they hug, and Nicole's like, great, great, thank you, she finally gets it, I feel vindicated that Lars is at least acknowledging that this was just a rumor, but this Pippin, she has the nerve to say in a confessional, oh, you know, I don't regret what I said, I just wanted to move forward and, you know, like, apologize for the back and forth don't apologize to me bitch like if you don't i cannot believe you would have the audacity to go out of your own way to say it was just a silly rumor and then be like i don't regret what i said at all i just want to make up with her ew ew and that's why they're fighting today that is exactly why they're fighting today number four while they're all getting ready for dinner marisol's doing glam alexia i think alexia was trying to eat it looked like you know those like triple decker club sandwiches but she was trying to get it down to just like a little little cocktail size sandwich but she's telling alexia you know i have been feeling weird for the last four months i haven't been feeling the presence of mama elsa or in her spirit and i'm gonna tell you um that coin that julia gave us i threw it over the balcony (laughs) And Alexia's like, bro, are you serious? <laughs> so she says, she doesn't really think that Julia has bad intentions. That's not really what she's thinking. And at this point, she's in a confessional, Marisol, sitting on Alexia's lap with some sunglasses on. And honestly, she looked pretty cute. But <laughs> these, these Marisol in the lap confessionals really get me every time. And she's like, yeah, I mean, I don't really think that Julia has bad intentions, but you know. Maybe Adriana. And then Alexia. Why do you say these things? Alexia has the nerve to say that um, it's possible that Adriana is the one behind it because Brazilians are witchy. (laughs) They're witchy. And Marisol goes, you're right. They are schooled in witchcraft. But, you know, that's a whole other thing. Why do you guys say this? I don't want to repeat this shit. (laughs) Please stop. Because it makes me physically uncomfortable to have to say this. And then at one point they're talking about... uh, Chinese tiles in in Lisa's room or house or whatever. Like I don't want to. Oh, I'm getting nervous. I don't want to talk about this. I need somebody to look at Alexia real good in the eyes and say, "Babe, you really need to stop making generalizations about different uh, segments of people." Okay, you really got to stop. <laughs> okay, so number five, the ladies go out to eat. And Julia decides to take this moment to approach Marisol. Because remember last week, she was like, I noticed when I mentioned giving those coins to people that Alexia made a face. And she asked Nicole about it. Larsa already snitched to her, reported back to Alexia about it. So she's like, okay, um, Marisol, you know, I know you're late on the trip. You just got here. So did you get the stone that I got you? Did you get that? And so... Marisol has to be like, I did, but you know what? I didn't touch it except for when I did. And I threw it over the balcony. Um, so <laughs> Julia's going to be so pissed when she finds out she threw it. What a monster. So Julia kind of gives it back because Marisol's coming from this place of like, no, I've just been really spooked lately. I don't want any kind of energy from anybody. So Julia gives it back to her and says, well, okay, well maybe you shouldn't drink your cocktail. Cause you know, maybe Maybe somebody flips something into your drink. Like, how do you know? And Marisol goes, don't be ridiculous. It's a cocktail. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Much like that uh, gift shop stone is just a stone. But she goes, you know, like, I, I, this is ridiculous. And Julia's like, I gave you a stone. 
But Adriana goes, I don't care where it came from. I don't care if it came from you, Julia, him, her, Adriana, Pepe, Juana. I don't want any vibes from anybody. Okay. Then Julia really turns her arrow on Alexia and says, what about that look you gave me at dinner last night? Is there something more to that? Alexia tries to play innocent. Julia's like, I really think there might be something going on. Like, you've been holding on to something since we went to the Keys, where Alexia called her a Russian prostitute. Remember that? Because the Russian women are so good at it. Like, how how could she even say stuff like that? And Julia says, you're giving me that barracuda look right now. The same look that you gave me when I gave you that stone. (laughs) So Alexia's like, a barracuda? (laughs) So now they're getting back and forth with each other. Alexia's ready to play because they're about to do this release your rage exercise with somebody that Nicole found on the property of the resort. She's like, okay, do it right now, Julia. Just release your rage right now. Release the rage. Do it. Do it right now, since this has apparently been brewing inside of you for months. Then Alexia keeps accusing Julia of having rage. (laughs) Julia says in a confessional, wasn't it Alexia that went after Adriana's boyfriend, me, Nicole, but I'm the one with the rage issue? (laughs) By the way, they're having this whole argument, but Lisa's passing her phone to Nicole. They're giggling like two girls that need to get separated in the classroom. And so finally, Alexia goes, um, ladies, we're all in this conversation. So if you could just like stop giggling or something. So then Lisa goes, well, I was just Googling what a barracuda looked like. <laughs> and then they actually show a side by side of the barracuda and Alexia. And I'm not going to say there was a resemblance, but I'm not going to say that there wasn't. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For some reason this week, or this episode, Lars is very interested in just smoothing things over with people. And how does she do that with Marisol? Is by throwing her right under the bus and saying that, um... No, excuse me, Adriana, by throwing Adriana right under the bus and saying, oh, you called Marisol a bitch <laughs> earlier, and I heard you. So what Marisol said was something along the lines of, like, something, something, bitch, like, blah, 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 like, not directly calling her a bitch, just using it, you know, oh, bitch, whatever. So that's what uh, Adriana tries to say, like, I wasn't calling her a bitch, I was just using the word bitch. Like, I'm not trying to get out of anything, but Lars is like, no, no, you called her a bitch. You definitely did. You definitely, definitely did. So, so then uh, Adriana calls Marisol. Excuse me. She, I'm so sorry, you guys. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Adriana calls Lars a little snitch. And Lars, like the driest way, yo, I'll beat your ass right now, yo. <laughs> I'll beat your ass right now. <laughs> I would really love to see that from Larsa. And I mean that like for real, because remember we all thought that um, 
uh, Miss Courtney Kardashian, now Barker, didn't have hands, but then she molly the fuck out of Kim and got that body makeup all over Chloe's white walls. So, you know, let let it let her rip. Let's see what she's got. Somehow this uh, throws Adriana into a rage that causes her to throw a glass of water at nobody or anything in particular. Larson says, oh, she hit me with that water. I would have beat her ass. No, you wouldn't have, but let's see. Kiki and Gertie are both like, this is crazy. What's going on? Where's the rage lady? Emergency. Emergency, please. Kiki's actually running to the beach to this rage lady. It's like, we need you. We need you right now. Oh my gosh. And then, did Kiki pee on the beach? Is that what we were being... I think that's what was being suggested. Does she pee on the beach? She says something in a confessional about how the women fight as often as people go to pee. And then we see her like walk over to the shore where nobody is and pop a squat. And it seemed like she peed. Good, good body girl. I love Kiki. I love her. I want her to have to come on the podcast. I really do. All right. Number seven, Adriana manages to get to the rage room healer herself. Everybody else is trying to finish her dinner and she's bawling bawling about how nobody likes her how she's probably going to be found dead one day with a dog by her because nobody wants to check in on her and she's like why does nobody want me nobody loves me tears 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 like it's actually pretty sad and dark julia is watching all of this so she says in a confessional i don't blindly support adriana but what i'm looking at it seems like she's actually having a mental breakdown right now she's a single woman with a child i don't understand why these women who are married and you know have things feel the need to come for her all the time now i do agree with julia that it seems like adriana's lonely and a little bit freaking out because that projection over the watch with alexia and like i don't have a man to like suck and get a watch for when he she got it from her husband on her birthday, which is a perfectly reasonable gift. Um, it's, it's hater, but it's coming from, you know, like they say anger is just pain, you know, (laughs) and we're seeing the pain and I'm laughing, but I actually do feel bad for Adriana at this point because it is probably hard to feel like, Oh, you know, when I had stuff, they were here for me. I bet she feels like to quote Allie from Vanderpump Rules, like, we low-key switched lives. Like, she got married, they were supportive, and everything was good. But then, you know, they were single, right? And then things kind of flipped for them. And it's like, they're not, I don't know. But, like, I guess my other question would be is, how much is Adriana trying? Like, is this something that she's like, okay, I've tried multiple times with you guys and nothing? Because it just seems like... You guys just don't want to be friends with me anymore. But what effort is she putting into the relationship? You know? And then we have a truly emotional moment because the rage lady gets everybody together and says, put your toes in the ocean, ladies. Uh, Shake your hands like you got eggs in them and just scream. Just start screaming and keep screaming until you feel better, basically. And uh, nobody could take this seriously except for Kiki, who seems to really have been going through it. We need Kiki as a full housewife because there was no explanation as to what the hell was going on with that. We didn't get a talking head, no confessional, like, girl, are you okay? I mean, she turned pretty quickly. She and Gertie end up uh, play wrestling each other. And this ends up with uh, Lisa being knocked over and Adriana foot 
lightly being grazed at some point during this incident in which she starts yelling, my foot's broken, my foot's broken, somebody broke my foot. Immediately, Alexia, in a confessional, calls bullshit on this and is like, Adriana just wants attention. She doesn't even care if it's negative, she just wants attention. So now, everybody else is like, well, do you guys want to go to get some drinks? Like, we're not going to do this whole thing with Adriana, so we're just going to leave. Um, <laughs> the only person who stays, poor thing, is Julia. So, like, poor little Adriana's getting her ankle wrapped. Julia's just having to sit there and be like, dang, these girls really don't give a fuck about her. And this is sad. I am now actually seeing this happen. And then Julia has to help Adriana as she hobbles across How the hell Adriana found a stick on the beach is beyond me. Somebody must have given her a stick that she used to act as a cane. And somebody whispers, Adriana looks like Jesus. (laughs) Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go. She's absolutely right. She did. (laughs) She did look like Jesus. Oh my God. So then we get to the last day of the trip. Lisa ends up leaving early because she doesn't want Lenny running to page six about it and saying she spends too much time away. So she had to fuck off early. Um, The rest of the ladies decide to spend their last day going to a private island and celebrating Julia and Kiki's birthday. Everybody's trying to have a good day. They're all like meeting up in a room to go off to this island. And then you just hear squeaking (laughs) down the hallway. And poor Julia's having to uh, wheel Adriana down. I mean, it is full, full drama. She has, she's now had like several people carry her. The rage lady carried her to a chair at one point last night. Um, A couple of staff at the resort helped her. One of them got tangled up in her dress and they had to start all over again. Like this is a lot of uh, labor happening on these poor black people. But then things really kick up because once they get outside that door, Adriana's like, oh, I can hear them talking about me. So then Julia and Adriana start to eavesdrop from the other side of the door. And what they hear was that Nicole got down to the situation. So Julia presented these gifts that she gave everybody as, oh, I went to a botanica, which is like a spiritual store. But then Nicole actually called the store to find out what it was And it's just a gift shop. Just like I said, I I was feeling kind of bad last week about saying, these coins don't really seem all that spiritual. But they weren't. She's like, this is just a gift shop. They just sell little trinkets and stuff. Like, none of this has to do with any sort of light arts, dark arts, spirituality, anything. Of course, Marisol doesn't care. She's like, I don't care who gave it to I don't care if it was a goop shop. I don't care. Herbologist, gemologist, I don't care who gave it to her. I just don't want it. I don't want it. So then Julia walks in. Adria adriana rolls in and immediately (laughs) alexia and marisol see them go in and marisol goes a wheelchair i can't and then they both start laughing (laughs) larissa's mouth is just open from the laughing about the whole thing she is cackling she's like adriana girl your ankle looks smaller than mine does and it's in a bandage (laughs) and adriana goes well no there's like a lot of a lot of bruising like um over the bandage basically um everywhere that the bandage is covering is totally bruised and you, you, i know you can't see anything else but trust me just trust me and larsa just is like <laughs> can't even control truly laughing in adriana's face so then the ladies go out on the boat 
or they try to, right? Alexia's cracking jokes to the captain because <laughs> they went out first. Like, they got to the, the boat first. <laughs> Alexia asked the captain um, if it's wheelchair accessible. So then we see down the dock, Julia pushing Adriana. This woman, Adriana, has the nerve to say, well, I feel like I should have gotten on the boat first. You know, it's like something about disrespect or, um, you know, we just need to be respectful towards people with disabilities. Ma'am. <laughs> Ma'am. Disabilities. Girl. Have you, like, gone to the, the resort clinic or a doctor to get an x-ray? No. But you have a disability. Actually, now that it makes me wonder, these companies, like, these people are hired. Like, okay. <laughs> Let me backtrack. I would imagine if you get injured on a set that somebody is going to make you go to the hospital because they don't want that liability, right? So my thinking is that they must have made Adriana go and get an x-ray or something, right? And they probably, the cast all knows that there's nothing wrong with her. And they probably were just like, oh, you've got some bad bruising, like just rest. And now here she's coming in with a wheelchair talking about uh, dis disabled rights, okay? it It's crazy. So... This is what I'm thinking. Like, they must know that there's truly nothing wrong with her. Honestly, maybe this could be, like, a really great thing for Adriana. Maybe she can, you know, take the... Storm the Capitol. Not... Oops. Not like that. <laughs> Forgot. Um, yeah, I just meant, like, in terms of legislation, not of, um, you know, the other thing. Um, storm the White House, maybe. Might be better. But, you know, get in with the American Disabilities Act and see if you can enact some sort of... Uh, protocol for uh, maritime activities with regard to people who have bruised their ankle. <laughs> like I said, these, again, poor Bahamian men are toting her on the boat, off the boat, to the little setup that they have for them to have lunch. Like, this is a lot of labor, and I'm hoping they're really getting tipped well. Fortunately, the healing power of music really, really helped crazy her own music fire they she makes the boat captain play fire come feel or no that's not the other one <laughs> the other one this her second single and truly says it's just so funny it's just so funny once we turn fire on on the boat it's like everybody's mood cha mood changed and my song has healing power like the true healing power of this trip and then alexia says in a confessional Look, I can't stand Adriana, but it doesn't mean I don't know a hit when I hear it. <laughs> so the rest of the ladies are like in the water, having a cute moment, drinking their little cockies. And poor Julia has to stay back while Adriana is sitting there moaning and groaning about how nobody cares about her. Why aren't they just here with me? Like They can't go in the water? At this point, we can't even have a drink. On the, we are at a private beach and you expect every one of these women to just sit there on the last day of their trip? Man, Adriana's lucky I wasn't on that trip. I would have been trying to re recreate the Rock the Boat music video by Aaliyah and making everybody do choreo. Please, you would have messed up my numbers. 
once the ladies get out of the water, they come back and Adriana makes some joke about like, oh, you know, you guys are some pretty tough bitches to like my songs. So it must be a hit if you guys all enjoy it. Alexia, quick with it, says, the music's not the problem, girl. It's the rest of the stuff. <laughs> so don't worry about that. And then Adriana has the nerve to say, I almost broke my foot in a thousand pieces. And even Larsa had to be like, almost... It didn't happen. <laughs> like, okay, anything could almost happen to the to us. I mean, what are we? What are we doing here? What are we doing? So Alexia is like, girl, I just don't understand why you're making such a big deal out of this because it could have happened to anybody. Anybody could have been hurt. Then so Adriana, why did you say this, Adriana? Why did you say this? She says, actions have consequences, and Alexia, you should know. You should know that with Frankie. (laughs) Why would you say that about her son who got into a car accident that changed his whole fucking life and he's only now rebuilding it? Why would you say that? Why would you say that? Why would you say that? Girl. (laughs) When I saw the preview to this, I'm like, okay, let me reserve judgment. Give Adriana a little bit of grace because possibly there's a shot in hell that what she said, because we knew that she said those, might make sense. And it doesn't. You're talking about your bruised ankle. With relation to what happened to... What? What? <laughs> that is so beyond. That's so beyond. Alexia is like crying. I feel like we rarely see Alexia cry. Immediately starts crying. Is like, don't bring him the fuck up. Do not do that and then adriana has the nerve to say i could have lost my foot oh i'm gonna pass out i'm going to pass out i don't even have kids and i would have like ripped her in shreds like how do you say that about somebody's child like this is not jackie on new jersey being like oh you know whatever she said about uh gia you're comparing like girl girl that is beyond beyond the episode ends perfectly we can see adriana is just starting alexia is just starting to get activated because she's just nodding her head back and forth like "Mm -mm, mm -mm." (laughs) and you can see it you can see it starting to rise Ooh, and i can't wait to see it because at this point adriana i cannot ride with you cannot cannot Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you guys. Happy Pisces season.